welcome to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I am your host for this, this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs and CFRC, so thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or CFRC podcast. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Today, though, I have a very special guest and I would like to introduce you to Mickey Renders, who is doing a PhD in environmental studies under the supervision of Dr. Myra Hurd. Welcome to Grad Chat, Mickey. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. And, you know, and I re the reason I say it's a very special guest because Mickey is involved with this very special exhibition that's currently going on at the Isabel and will be going on for another three days, finishes on November 3rd. So I'm gonna, we will talk a little bit more about that later, but if you get a chance after I've explained it later, you must come and see this exhibition because it's absolutely fabulous. But before we get into your research, Mickey, let's I'd like to find out a little bit more about your background. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're in environmental studies. What yeah. made you choose environmental studies and what made you want to come to Queen's to do your PhD? Well, it's uh, a little bit of a, an interesting story. I did study uh, environmental studies way, way back in the dark ages <laughs> at <laughs> University of Guelph. And I, it was actually, it was ecology, which I studied. And so I had a BSc. And after graduation, I, I did art, everything right. art. And I studied art then and continued mm -hmm. on and became an art teacher which was a love of my life. It was great. And I did a lot of kind of social justice activism using art with mm -hmm. my students. And so that was always my passion. And um, my sister, Kim Renders, was a professor here at oh, Queen's. Right. So Kim was in drama and I was in visual art. And right. sometimes we did projects together and we were very close, just a year apart. So right. we Really, really looked forward to um, being able to collaborate yeah. and always enjoyed that. So Kim was invited by Dr. Hurd, Myra, to collaborate on this project about art and waste in the Arctic. Right. They were going to do something with a performance and Kim said to me, why don't you come? Why don't you come to the Arctic with me? And we were just oh so God. excited. That like, would be awesome. Yes. So we were so excited about doing it. And we'd been working for about a few months with Myra, just setting it up. We planned our trip, booked our, our Airbnbs and everything like that. And then my sister got cancer. Oh, no. Sorry to and hear that. And two months later, she passed away. Oh, I'm even more sorry about that. That's a tough one. That is tough. So one of the promises I've made is to continue. Oh, and awesome. yeah, Myra had had the funding. She needed a partner who could use the arts to animate the right. issues that she was researching in, in the Arctic. Mm -hmm. I had the right background with a 
the science yes. and then my activism and using art as a voice for social justice and social change. So I decided to do a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? So never dreamed of it, but I retired from teaching. I was just at the end of my career and and started a PhD, and it was a whole new adventure. Just a fabulous, fabulous learning opportunity yes. and doing something that has, it's just been amazing. It's just been an amazing thing, I think. Well, I think, like you said, I mean, it's brought in all your loves, hasn't it? Yes. You've got your art, you've got your social activism. There's, it's, You've gone up to the Arctic in an area that needs, I shouldn't say the word help because that's the wrong word, but needs people to be Attention. aware of what's going on up there yeah. and what a great way to do it, which yeah. I think is actually a, a really good segue into your research topic because, I mean, this is one of the reasons you're here today as well. And your research topic is Arctic Waste in, in Panatuk on eastern Baffin Island. Yes. So before we talk about that, have you, how many times have you had to go up to that area to help with the work? Well, it started, we had tickets when mm-hmm. when my sister got mm-hmm. sick and Myra went with her son. So right. that was the first cancelled trip. Yes. <laughs> and then we uh, planned another trip that December after I started my PhD. And unfortunately, there were real weather issues. Uh, and trying we, to get there. Trying mm-hmm. to get there. It's a very tricky place to fly into. And that trip, too, was cancelled in December. And then right. there was the pandemic. And then the pandemic. <laughs> right. Okay, one, one thing after another. One thing. But actually, I should say, there was before that, after uh, I had gone up once with Myra, after the right. trip, the initial trip was canceled. We did have a successful trip. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I got to meet all the artists. Like, I went right. around the community and got to meet people. So anyway, so I was up once and then had several canceled trips. And then the pandemic was another canceled trip. So but then I, last June, I, I finally felt it was it was okay to go again. So I've had I've had two wonderful trips there. So you can only fly into this region. Sorry, I don't know the yeah. region very t- It's very a remote well community. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to one of the artists yesterday. I mean, you can boat in or you could skidoo right oh, wow. snowmobile you know yes across but most of us fly <laughs> so during the pandemic part then were you i guess setting things up for when you could go up is that what you were trying to do because you don't want to put everything on hold right <laughs> well for sure the pandemic threw me for a loop mm-hmm. it, it threw was, a lot of people for a loop yeah it, particularly you know in the research areas like as like for you you couldn't do that field trip that's right so I did spend some time wondering should the pandemic continue how what do I do mm-hmm. is this even what I want to do I mean I'm 67 I'm thinking is this the right way to to, <laughs> to use my time <laughs> not you know but anyway I was really committed to any promises I made I said I will keep Good. so yeah I kind of did some planning. I decided to take money that was allocated for 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 travel, which is very expensive, mm-hmm. to purchase art from the artists and have right. them ship it. Right. And so, you know, I wanted money to be directed there, which yes. is ended up being a good thing. I mean, I look at the pandemic; it was a lot of issues, but you know, we have developed these amazing relationships on Facebook. Right. Okay. And I feel so connected 
you know, to the people that I'm working with. I think we've really kind of our lives have unfolded and we've learned right. a lot about each other through right. through Facebook. You know, we've developed this relationship and it ended up that I could go back and see people again, which was really meaningful. So, you know, and as a settler, I also felt like in a way, not being there meant the art was very true to everyone's thinking and voice right. without me Putting saying anything. Yes. And as an art teacher, I just might have, you know, like it would be my natural tendency to comment to or say here, a little bit there. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. So in a way, it, I feel it ended up it being helped you. Yeah, very helped authentic. That's brilliant. So let so let's talk about your work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as I mentioned, it was Arctic Waste in Panuktuk in on Eastern Baffin Island. Give us an overview of what was your intentions for the project. Um, do you think you're meeting that? Uh, mm-hmm. What have you found along the way? Just give us a bit of an overview first, because as you said, I mean, when you're going into uh, remote communities, it's not just a matter. Of, hey, I'm here. No. Um, da, 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 da. I mean, you, as you said, you've got to build up those relationships as well, which mm-hmm. is luckily you were able to do that. So give us a little bit of an overview of the whole thing and what you would, what was your initial intention of going mm-hmm. up there? Well, Myra Hurd had, had been working up there for, for some years now. And she'd been invited by the council, the Hamlet Council, to consult on the waste issue. And the reason she applied for funding was she knew that she couldn't access enough funding to really change anything, right? right. Mm-hmm. But she felt that she could raise awareness about an issue right. that she saw as directly related to colonization. Right. So, And as a social scientist, this is about not just waste as garbage, is what we think of as garbage or, or refuse or whatever, this is about all the wastes. Right. You know, all the things that have, you know, and value. Like, who gets to define waste? Good and point. who gets yes. to define what what is kept and what is let go of? Right. So there's a direct link to all of us. And that's really what this is about. So I feel that art is an excellent voice for communicating our personal mm-hmm. as well as perhaps more more relatable and global um, wants and desires. Yes. I also found after reading Indigenous scholars who've been really thinking about sort of decolonization and, and research and our relationship with the, as a university with, with, with Inuit and Indigenous communities... Mm-hmm. Um, Janet Armstrong, I, I really love her um, her work, and she said, why don't you ask what your thoughts are, what your ideas are, how, what you think, instead of thinking about what we're doing and what we're thinking. Right. You know? So I reversed that sort of scholarly gaze and looked at myself. Right, right. And looked at myself as a researcher, myself as a cis woman, white woman, outsider to the community. And I've made that very distinct. So my work, my artwork that's part of this exhibition is is, is what I think and what I see as a waste researcher. 
right and what i see as a someone who's a settler and and then you enter inuit space and all right. the artists it's very distinct they right. they offer their their values and their ideas because it and should just be everybody's right yep whatever we produce should be what it means to us yeah yeah and the art is the voice, like it speaks loudly. I bet you it know? does. Because I've always loved going to art exhibitions because mm-hmm. for me it's like you look at something and you go, well, this is what I see. I wonder if that's what the artist was, that was mm-hmm. their thought process mm-hmm. or is this something completely different mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. In, in how they've, why they've put that together in that way. Yeah, well, and it, I always say, like, art sort of, it's a catalyst. It's not really answering necessarily questions, but... but it gets people questioning. Yeah, it gets people questioning, so it's more opening up people's thinking. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes even a little jarring. It kind of can make us, like, we have all our lenses. Our lenses are from our own history, our willingness to sit with the art, our willingness to spend time with it whether we like art, whether we don't like art, whether we're familiar with anything that can inform us about this art. Right. So we all have something unique that we bring and then we interpret it. So as an artist, I kind of think we're just, we're putting into it something and then letting it go and let the viewer come to terms with what it means to them. And it might, you know, it might trigger some different things. And it's all valid. And I think that's the important thing, isn't it? It is all valid. Because I know some of you, oh, no, that's not what it was about. And we go, well, in your opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, it, it's this, this, and this. Yeah. And so I, I like the fact that art makes us question and think. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we do enough of that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's all we, we want a quick answer on everything instead of, yeah. things, sort of, sort of standing back a little bit, isn't it? That's and right reflecting and really looking at it really observing we've forgotten how to observe and it takes time like just to sit with something is and be with it i i think we're all kind of in a rush all the time oh totally totally and i i think i like the way you said we sort of sit with it for a while Mm -hmm. because as you sit with it other things come into play. Yes. Or one day you may think this, and then the next day, if you've really been thinking about it, which is the kind of thing that I do, I'm going to go, you know what, I think it meant this as well. Yeah. Which is, which is, in my opinion, is fascinating yeah. how we can change from day to day depending on what's happening or what else we've learned around it. Exactly. And it also, I think, our subconscious, on a subconscious level, like art works on different levels. It's mm-hmm. much more emotional, connected to our bodies. So a feeling sense can be brought in, and I'm sure it triggers in our subconscious memories and things. So it plays on different levels. Yes. Um, My master's was about transformative learning. Okay. Transformative learning is uh, Mesereau's theory about how something can happen or, or how do we learn in a way that really shifts our thinking and values. And as someone who was interested in social change and social justice, that was really important to me. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I harness that? And art is one of the best ways because it's 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 not just intellectual, it's experiential. It's, yes. Sometimes we can see something very provocative that really stirs us deeply. Mm-hmm. And and that and that can actually lead to profound change. Now it might not, there's no guarantee. 
but it might. It might. And yeah. that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. It might. It's enhancing. Yes. It's enhancing. So with that, clearly that's why you decided to do a PhD in waste and things. Opportunities came with, with Dr. Hurd's work, your fascination mm -hmm. and long, long time love of art and uh, your social justice. So it, it was actually quite a nice little package for you, wasn't it? It, it was it, ready it was made meant for to you. be. It was meant to be. So, how have you gone about pursuing answers to your research question, which is, I guess, is your you know, the title? How have you gone about answering that? And what have you learned about Arctic waste? And mm -hmm. Well, I've learned, first of all, that like when you land in Pangertung, I use, there's an image in the exhibition when you come in, it's of the uh, airport. Oh, it's right. kind of like. Oh, that's that image you, you sent to me. Yes. Yeah, it's a site of kind of conflicted space in the sense that the airport is a place where things come and go. Yes. And in the north, You've got goods and medicines coming north. Amazon packages, huge. Um, a, you know, when you fly, there's like a little bit of seating and the rest is cargo. Right. And everything that comes north, like the material goods, all just stay. stay there. They uh, just pile up. Right. Now, the people come and go. White, white people come and they have very, very good pay. They have a lot of, they get a lot of benefits from this northern experience and then they leave and they take this this money they've earned and their resume is much better and they leave inuit rarely travel it's mm -hmm. it's a very impoverished community unless of course they're medevaced which is when they travel because they just want the same well no it, it does mm -hmm. in many ways but it's they're just trying to access the medical okay. system that we we take for granted right there's also all the uh, people who are coming to kind of further explore, exploit the commu community for, for mining and all that stuff. So yes. I kind of look at the, re the, the, the airport as a very symbolic thing because in the, in the airport, there's an amazing tapestry that oh, stretches yes. across the airport. And it's made by, by the mostly women in Pangertung and it has all the stories and the, 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 the essence of what life for Inuit is. ideally they want. And it, well, they want to get back for, to. Mil, for mm -hmm. millennia they've lived that way. Right. And this is the life that is very sustainable, does not create waste. Yes. It's in harmony with, with, with the world. And they've and they, and they experts at it. Yes. So we see this conflicted space here. Right. You know? Yeah, and just in an airport, like you said. Just in the airport. Just in the airport. Yeah. We've got a lot to answer for, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> and now, of course, with the North, the Northwest Passage opening up as well, that's making it even harder because they're getting sort of crushed from both both directions, aren't they? Well, the you know when we think of waste, a lot of uh, nor, you know people who who do come up to Lake Pinkerton is such a beautiful place. So people come up mm -hmm. there hiking to go. It's, it's just an amazing, and I say this probably wrong. The Ayuktuk Pass, and and it's a huge heritage site. It's beautiful, but people come up there, and they're really some people fly, and it's very expensive, and they've got all their gear and stuff, and then they criticize the Inuit for, for garbage around the community or something. But what I saw as a waste researcher is I saw like all the empty 
barrels of who knows what that's lying around the community and leaking all over and right. you know the piles and piles of of industrial waste and huge empty con- containers Tainous. and stuff like that i'm aware of, of, of the really push for resource extraction right. and uh there's a nearby diamond mine oh, on a caribou calving a site oh. it's a migration route and calving site and, and there's a push for this diamond mine. And I, I, I mean, I can see there's an economic push and a reason for that. And if and Inuit, and yeah, mm-hmm. Inuit, I can see there's, there's, I'm not saying it shouldn't be there or whatever. But what I do know is that with climate change, the permafrost, things are not contained Correct. and things will leak into the Correct. environment. And this yes. is waste. This is huge amounts of waste. Yes. And the landfill is completely overflowing. The landfill, all this packaging stuff that nobody wants, it's just you're forced to get, it comes with, with what it you want, is just piling up. It's got nowhere to go. So it's piling up and piling up. There's no composting or any kind of remediation. And no, they have very, very little land, no, no soil to speak of. It just, so they burn it. But it's interesting, isn't it? You don't want to pick on Amazon because there's lots of different companies sure. that yeah. send things up up north, so to, um, up north to some of these communities. But it's almost like part of their responsibility: drop it off, but take your packaging back with you because yeah. you've got an empty plane. So take it back. Yeah, don't leave it there. Yeah. And and if it's and if you've still got room in your plane. Pick up something else and take that back yeah. to where it can be disposed of in a, in a different way that's not in spoiling the environment around. Yeah. Well, and there's shipping. Of course, there's there's a sea lift that comes several times in the summer and brings right. vast quantities of stuff and vast quantities of waste and leaves empty. And, of course, as you're saying now, there's there's an opening up of the Northwest Passage and cruise ships are coming, coming through and mm. there's no law saying they can't dump their bilge in, in the Arctic Ocean. It's the only unprotected ocean. Of course, cruise ships don't have a great reputation for their no. environmental footprint. No. And, you know, a lot of these ships, it's some of the dirtiest diesel and we don't even really know what would happen if there'd be a big well, in that, the Arctic, it's the very scary. different. Yeah, that's the scary bit, right? Very, yeah. very scary. So in terms of the waste and the art, did you go there and or even before say, you know, can, can, what can you create? Hmm. I mean, do you say, can you use the waste that's around or what what I think is waste, can you use that and make art? How did, how did you a- approach that? Well, I put announcements on the radio and said I'd like to talk to other artists and about a project. We 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 met and we discussed. I mean, every single artist comes at this from a very unique mm-hmm. perspective. Two carvers involved. We've got two painters, someone who did some beautiful drawings, a photographer. We had a youth group led by the photographer, so we do have a right. a book of work from the from the youth in Pangerton. And then we have this another artist, Talia Meetung, who did. She's actually a, a game designer. Oh, so okay. she's a coder. <laughs> Excellent surprise. <Yes. laughs> and, and so she did this, like these Instagram posts and a video. So we have a a, a real variety, mm. and everyone 
did what they wanted, whatever. Like we we could have had a, you know a fashion designer. It would have all. So everybody kind of did. We you know we just talked about sort of what could we do, and we decided to make this exhibition, a touring exhibition. Hopefully, it will travel around Which and continue. And everybody just went to work. I had no idea, no idea. So you left it totally up to them, which comes back to your thing before. Yeah. People make things for what they want to do at the time. Yeah. So you didn't give them any sort of parameters other than show us what you've got. I think you can pretty well make connections to almost mm -hmm. everything. Did you give the word waste yeah. in there? So that was the only sort of word. Well, yeah, and it's kind of funny because this is a, this is a true story. I made, you know, you're supposed to do a letter of intent and a letter of information yes. and get people to sign for ethical reasons. And so I had it all translated into Inuktitut. Now, mm -hmm. that is the first language of all the artists. Right, right. And I have no Inuktitut. <laughs> <laughs> so... They the the uh, person she, she it was like six pages and the person translated it all and she goes oh yeah it's all good here it is she goes oh but wait a minute I have one question what do you mean by waste <laughs> that's perfect isn't it because like you said someone's waste is someone else what we call trash or treasure yeah right so. exactly it's an it's a you know it's a ubiquitous term and mm -hmm. yeah there isn't really anything that's waste. Anything can be waste and anything can be not waste to you. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. So have you seen with what's been produced, mm -hmm. have you looked at some of these and go, exactly that? Well, I would see that as a treasure. I think you'll have to see the exhibition. Yeah, see I think yeah. I think it, you'll see it may surprise you what it speaks to. Right. For me, like I did from the waste researcher point of view. Mm -hmm. So I have three windows that I made that are an installation to depict, as I said, the position of a settler, settler outsider, myself, right. who's benefited from colonization. So one is a window on colonization and the history of colonization. It is ongoing, but settler colonization, right. you know, ha we, we has a very dark history in the north. And then the next one is from the perspective of the university and research and how that has kind of led to, you know, careers being built as the white, usually male, researcher mm -hmm. who's the expert and blah, 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 speaking on behalf of Inuit. Like, do Which, they really understand anything, you know, not. interpreting and choosing information that they want to, you know, not necessarily the information that's presented right, right. by Inuit, but the information they've chosen. So again, yeah, changing not just the interpretation, but changing the dialogue. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one is all about industry and extractive, you know, processes right. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like right now, the military with the uh, with invasion of Russia invading. Right. So they're it's, up it's, there. And is China it? are both, you know, they're quite active now in the north. And right. we, we are being asked by the United States and, of course, Canadian governments worried about security. Does security in include houses for Inuit? Doesn't security mm. include food security for Inuit? Right. Right. I think so. It should. It should, but I haven't heard much talk about Inuit, except how they're training the military right. to live in, to survive in, in, in that climate. 
They use their expertise, which is extraction. It's just another form the, of extraction. Right. So, let, so let's get on to the exhibition. Okay. Okay, because like I said in the beginning, if we... If you get a chance, you should come down and see this exhibition, which is at the Isabel from, is it 9 to 4 each day? It's 10 to, ten, four? Ten ten to four. 4. 10 to 4 each day, and it goes until the last day is November the 3rd. So we've only got a couple of days to go, people. Come down and see it. And I think what's been nice is that you've been able to get the artists down here yes. to see it. So could I ask you how... How are they feeling about this in terms of this exhibition? Because uh, first of all, it's a big trip for them to come down It's a very big here. trip. They're very excited to be here. And it's, it's pretty amazing. I think, it, you know, in all honesty, like it was very emotional. Right. When, when you, you know, your art is kind of like part of you. It is very personal. Mm -hmm. So... Walking in and seeing your art, sharing a part of themselves. Yeah, honored too. It's 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 done in a very professional way. Right. It really honors their voice, and that was a pretty emotional experience. I mean, we were all crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that must be quite something. I think so. And and you know, the idea is that they're they're really happy to be here. They've got. I mean, mm. it is about them. Yeah. They're they're honored guests and treated as as they deserve to yes. be. They're they're really it's such a special thing, you know. And I think that they they are really happy to be here. It's really great, and S and share this and share and, it. Yeah. And Olivia, she she's always saying, you know, I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much. I take it all in, and and that's. We're all learning so much. Well, it's interesting to see what they, what each of the artists take back with them, and and will that change mm -hmm. how they do their next piece of art? Yeah, for them, it's a lot of professional development as mm -hmm. an artist, which and is which is lovely. Which is really really lovely. It's nice that we can, you know, the the white setter can give something back. Yeah, that's as opposed to take. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, and I'm very committed well beyond the scope of the PhD. The exhibition is going to travel. It's already been uh, booked for Peterborough. It's Fantastic. going to be in 2025. We hope to have it in Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, right. who knows where else. They should be at the they don't call it the Museum Museum of Civilization anymore, do they? What's the right. one Ottawa? Yeah. The big one there. It should yeah, be in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That would, be, that would be brilliant. So the exhibition itself, what did you want it to showcase to everybody other than is it just an awareness or is it something else? I, I hesitate to answer that because I do think going back to art, it's about, you know, stimulating a discussion. Right. I think it's about drawing attention to the issues. This, unfortunately, you know, the dominant voice in government comes from the south mm -hmm. and right now it is not this is not on their radar right. so you know it's about trying to be a catalyst in some very small way <laughs> you know for for this discussion to mm -hmm. to to at least you know be on the radar I guess that's my hope and I and I realize you know I wish it, I wish it could have as big an impact as possible yes and, and I don't I'm not naive about you know but I, I i i wonder as an exhibition because we're talking about 
in a way creating awareness of what goes on up north how much waste has been left behind and and the locals are having to or the Inuit are having to deal with this Mm -hmm. whatever's been left behind say from Mm -hmm. from us I wonder sometimes in an exhibition I mean you talked about your piece in the exhibition Mm -hmm. that would get people thinking very much to oh yeah look at these different windows Mm mm-hmm I wonder about some of the artists just looking at some of the pictures, mm-hmm. whether people will see that they're thinking of that with that. To me, I'm looking at the the sort of the little images here. The little um, I guess that's in some sort of yeah. soapstone. I th- I would just be looking at that. That's that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But does that then also translate? I don't see this as waste. I just think this is something beautiful. Right. So I think. It's not that you're going to go and see the the strong kind of portrayal of waste or something mm-hmm. like that. That that probably is not what you're going to see okay. when you go there. It's more about values. Right. So what okay. is valued, what is not. Mm-hmm. Each artist has a different thing. So the sculptures that you mentioned that are on the invitation and posters were done by Malaya Pitsilak. Her, she just got married, so it's Musasi. So she has these two two little, they're actual shaman who right. are fishing. And it's beautiful. And there, it's delightful, and you can see the yes. fish they're catching, and it's very animated. And it's the name that gives it away, Shopping the Old Way. Ah, okay, right. Yes, that does give it away, doesn't it? Yeah. The old way, because we can't do that anymore. Yeah, but for various reasons. Well, well, the, the they fish do. Out there, well, the they fish do. out there may be the same way. They do still fish, but fishing the old way. It also, I mean, the story is her father was a carver too, and an artist, and a real well-known uh, Lipa Pitsulak, who very well-known artist and activist. But also, there's a shamanic tradition in in Pangertung that was very very strong, and it was really. The missionaries were really like they just forbade it, right? They right. they would you were starving, you had to denounce that so that you could have food. It was really Crazy. horrible. So this actually refers back to Malaya's father's stories from him about right. how the shaman they helped you when you were you know when you were hungry, when you needed to be lucky in your catch. Right, they would be there. Right. So it's a bigger story. It is a big, and I think that's. You know, sometimes I, I love going to art galleries and, and exhibitions with my father. He reads everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, anything that's been written in front of what you're looking at, he reads the whole thing. And so my mother and I often laugh and go, oh, my God, Javar, this is going to take forever getting through this exhibition. And it's not that we're not enjoying the exhibition, but we move a lot quicker. Yeah. He's yeah. reading everything. And so he's actually getting a better story behind yeah. what we're looking at yeah perhaps that's going to be really important that people if when you're listening if is there sort of descriptions about that or is it just the title and then you as you said you take the title and said fishing the old ways so what does that conjure up for me what does that conjure up for you mm-hmm. uh yeah the there is some information in the book everything is not explained as i said an 
it's just kind of put out there. So it's a catalyst and you may not get that full story. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the story Malaya told me. So right. I'm, I'm kind of, it's my understanding of it, but it doesn't really matter if you get the whole thing. I think mm-hmm. it's just the whole picture will change. Right. And for me, one of the, one of the things would be my personal change would be that I've, I see now the connection between me and Inuit. Right. I see the connection between colonization, settler colonization. So, for example, like, I I wouldn't kill a spider. I, I think, you know, I, I take that spider in a Kleenex and I gingerly take it outside. I get so someone else to do it because I, so, I can't touch so them. So I won't, won't kill it. <laughs> but... You know, then I proceed to take my teacup and put it in the microwave and close it. And I don't realize that, you know, there's there's an iron mine that was involved and plastic and electricity. All this has cost lives. Right. Yes. I see now that as trying to be Mm -hmm. a life not destroying person. So all this around it's us all even, connected. It's being connected. Yes. Yes, and like the mining, you know, there's uh, the Baffin mines up uh, in St. Mary's in, in the north. They're they're mining mining iron ore, and that may be part of this. You know, this microwave has gone to China and back, and right. indeed, uh, like it's all connected, and it all matters. And I see now, right, m- m- my direct connection. Yes, I, you said that very well. You said that really well, and <laughs> I and I really appreciate that because sometimes it takes someone else to sort of go, think about it this way, Colette, and, mm, and then you go, you. oh, you know what? I hadn't thought about it that way, and that was a really good analogy of how you you talk about <laughs> the spider and then, then being careful with the spider, but then there's this. So, what's next for you? I mean, is the so the exhibition is like your thesis? Yeah, it's a because I know now we major. don't just have to be the usual thesis 360 mm-hmm. odd pages of writing <laughs> please no <laughs> I <know>. yeah <laughs> now my thesis I mean this has been a, a huge amount of four years of work mm-hmm. on the back of you know a decade from, from <laughs> Dr. Kurd's work and so yes I am really wanting to have this valued as a major part of my knowledge mobilization for my dissertation yes. and then I will I am writing and I will continue to finish my, my thesis, which will be a much more condensed yes. response. I feel that art is my voice, and I don't always think that words add it. to that. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes words can actually put limits on images. If you think, you know, yes. a word, you know, a picture has a thousand words or whatever. Like when you define something, that's all somebody's going to see. So I don't want to do too much of that. But I guess you have Just to give wrap, a, it, wrap it, wrap it around. it somehow yeah. around that exhibition. Yeah, it's about my process yes. and and how 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 how, how, it. how I got to it and my experience mm-hmm. and stuff like that, rather than interpreting the art, which is great. And then I will defend next early next year, which would be awesome. <laughs> well, I you know I. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. I know you spoke at our Indigenous Research Collaboration Day uh, last week and, of course, now you've been ingrained in your exhibition and I know it's been going very well. And like I said, everyone, come down to the Isabel between 10 and 4 for the next three days because this exhibition called Art and Waste in Penuktuk in Upper Nunavut 
So uh, please come along and, and have a look because uh, it'll be shame to miss it. So please do that. And Mickey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really do appreciate it. It's been fascinating. <laughs> I love these you. sorts of conversations. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I, I did. And yes. uh, good luck with the rest of it. That horrible writing part that you have to do. But I'm <laughs> sure it's going to come together really well for you. Well, thanks. It was great being here. Thanks a lot. Good, good. So that's it, everyone. A, another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CFRC Podcast. Just type in Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.